Welcome back to another episode of Todd Talks, where I help you design your best life. Not the life I designed for you, but the life you desire. Today, we dwell, we dwell, we dwell into the mysteries of the human mind and body. I'm your host, Todd, and it's my turn to talk. You like that little play on words there? Today, I'm diving into a primal instinct that's been ingrained in you since the dawn of time, the fight, flight, or freeze response. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where your heart starts racing, your palms get sweaty, and you feel a surge of adrenaline coursing through your veins? That's your body's way of preparing for action, thanks to the flight or flight response. But what exactly triggers this response? The fight or flight response, often referred to as the acute stress response, is a complex interplay between your brain and your body designed to prepare you to face or flee from perceived threats. You know, like kids or housework or lions and tigers and bears, oh my. On this episode, I'm going to delve into the intricate workings of this response in your mind because I find it fascinating. Hopefully, this won't be too technical and you'll be able to learn something from this. Your brain recognizes or perceives a threat. The entire process begins within your brain with the brain's perception of a potential threat. This perception can originate from various sources, including external stimuli such as loud noise, an aggressive person, or internal thoughts and emotions such as fear or anxiety. The brain's limbic system, particularly the amygdala, plays a central role in evaluating and processing these threat signals. It initiates activation of the hypothalamus. Once a threat is perceived, the amygdala sends distress signals to your hypothalamus, a small region at the base of your brain responsible for regulating autonomic functions and releasing hormones. The hypothalamus then initiates the cascade of physiological responses associated with this fight-or-flight response. All of this happens in milliseconds, literally a split second. Your body reacts quickly to release stress hormones. One of the key actions of the hypothalamus is to stimulate the nearby pituitary gland to release adrenocorticotropic hormone, ACTH. (laughs) Can you believe I can speak these words? I know, me too. ACTH in turn signals the adrenal glands located atop the kidneys to release stress hormones such as adrenaline, otherwise known as epinephrine, um, and cortisol into the bloodstream. Now, what do these stress hormones do as they course throughout your body? They cause physiological changes. Adrenaline is responsible for triggering several immediate physiological changes in your body to prepare it for action. These changes include increased heart rate and blood pressure, dilation of airways to improve oxygen intake, heightened senses, and the redirection of blood flow to major muscle groups. Cortisol, often called the stress hormone, helps sustain these physiological changes over a more extended period by increasing glucose availability in the bloodstream. As we will discuss later, many health 
issues are caused by our being in constant fight-or-flight mode with cortisol remaining in, in our bloodstream. You see, there is an immediate effect or immediate impact on cognitive functions. This is something that isn't talked about a lot, but in addition to its effect on the body, the fight-or-flight response also influences your cognitive functions, your brain. The surge of adrenaline can sharpen focus and enhance vigilance. That's a good thing allowing individuals to better assess and respond to the perceived threat. Being hyper-aware is not a bad thing when there's a threat. However, this heightened sense of arousal may also impact higher-level cognitive processes such as logical reasoning, logical reasoning, I can't talk today, and decision-making as resources are redirected to immediate survival needs. Your emotions also become regulated. The fight-or-flight response can also impact your emotions, leading to feelings of fear, anxiety, or aggression. Depending on your individual perception of the threat and your coping mechanisms, these emotional responses can further influence your behavior and decision-making during stressful situations. You know, once the perceived threat diminishes or resolves, your parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system, often referred to as the rest and digest system, helps restore your body to its pre-stress state. This includes lowering heart rate and blood pressure, reducing adrenaline and cortisol levels, and promoting relaxation and recovery. One of the problems that you will find as I continue going through this is that all too often we never get back to that rest and relax rest and digest state because we're in chronic fight and flight mode. Understanding the intricate mechanisms of the fight or flight response in your mind can empower you to better manage stress and anxiety, cultivate resilience, and make informed decisions during challenging situations. You know, it's fascinating how our bodies have evolved to protect us in dangerous situations. But you might ask yourself whether there are variations in how individuals respond to this fight-or-flight response. And the answer would be Jeopardy! Daily Double. They definitely are. There definitely are differences in how people respond. While the fight-or-flight response is a universal physiological reaction... The way individuals experience it can vary greatly. Some people may be more prone to the fight response, feeling a surge of aggression and readiness to confront the threat head-on, to fight. Others may lean toward the fight re flight response, seeking to escape or avoid the danger altogether. Additionally, factors such as genetics, past experiences, and psychological resilience can influence how someone responds in, to stressors. Additionally, some people are susceptible to the freeze response, where they literally cannot move or speak. This often happens to people that suffer from social anxieties, where they want to participate but cannot physically move themselves into the social situation. These are important points to consider. In our modern society, we may not encounter the same life-threatening situations as our ancestors did. 
but their fight, flight, or freeze response still plays a significant role in our daily lives, doesn't it? I mean, unless you're working for National Geographic, we may not be facing predators in the wild. But our bodies still react to various stressors, whether it's a looming deadline at work, a conflict with a loved one, or even just the hustle and bustle of daily life. The fight-or-flight response can be triggered by both physical and psychological stressors, and understanding how it affects you can help you better manage your responses and cope with stress more effectively. This fight-or-flight response developed within us by our ancestors thousands of years ago, tens of thousands of years ago, in order to deal with life-threatening situations. Today, we don't usually have these same life-threatening situations, but our body doesn't know the difference. The fight-or-flight response is a crucial survival mechanism that helps you respond to acute threats or dangers. However, when this threat or when this response is constant and persists in the face of chronic stressors, it can have detrimental effects on both your physical and mental health. Here's how chronic activation of the fight-or-flight response can be harmful to you and I. I'm going to go through some of these because stress can actually kill you. At the same time, no stress can actually kill you. We need stress, but we don't need negative stress in our life. First, it messes with your cardiovascular health. Prolonged activation of the fight-or-flight response can lead to sustained increases in heart rate and blood pressure. Over time, this can, this can contribute to the development of hypertension, high blood pressure, which is a significant risk factor for heart disease, stroke, and other cardiovascular disorders. Reducing negative stress can alleviate this ill that affects so many people in today's modern world. Next, it suppresses your immune system. Chronic stress and the associated release of stress hormones like cortisol can knock out your immune system's functioning. This can make you more susceptible to infections, illnesses, and inflammatory conditions. Additionally, prolonged immune suppression may impair your body's ability to heal from injuries and fight off pathogens effectively. It messes with your heart, it messes with your immune system, and it messes with your metabolism. Your metabolism gets out of whack. Cortisol, the primary stress hormone released during the fight-or-flight response, plays a role in regulating your metabolism, particularly sugar metabolism. Chronic stress and elevated cortisol levels can lead to insulin, insulin resistance, de-increased blood sugar levels, and metabolic syndrome, predisposing you to conditions like type 2 diabetes and obesity. This obviously sucks and is detriment to a successful, happy, healthy life. And not only that, you look at the U.S., we must be under constant chronic stress. And our eating habits are poor, and the food is poor that we put into our body, which is why 70% of Americans are overweight, and 50, over 50% 50 are obese. Chronic cortisol in your blood. Not good. 
The fight-or-flight response directs blood flow away from non-essential functions like digestion and towards vital organs and muscles. Prolonged activation of this response can disrupt your dis digestive processes, leading to symptoms such as indigestion, stomach ulcers, irritable, irritable bowel syndrome, and gastrointestinal disorders. Nobody likes to talk about gut issues, but they're a constant and negative result of chronic stress. It also makes you dumber. Chronic stress and persist persistent activation of the fight-or-flight response can impair your cognitive function, your mind, and mental clarity. It can lead to difficulties with memory, concentration, and decision-making, as well as increase the risk of developing mood disorders such as anxiety and depression. Earlier, I spoke about social anxieties. Trauma from early childhood can set you up for chronic fight-or-flight responses and develop into anxiety and depression, especially in teens and young adults. If you don't learn to fight chronic negative stress and learn how to control your fight-or-flight response, you're setting yourself up for mental health challenges. And medicine only masks the actual problem. So why are, they, why are we always having medicine pushed on us? Learning to Learning coping strategies is much better and can actually improve the root cause. Because that's what you want to tackle, the root cause of the stress. Don't just medicate the symptoms away. And while the fight-or-flight response enhances muscle, and muscle strength and reaction time in the short term, chronic activation can lead to tension, muscle tightness, and increased susceptibility to musculoskeletal injuries. Over time, this may contribute to chronic pain disorders, <clears throat> such as tension headaches, neck and back pain, and te temporomandibular joint neck, uh, disorders. Okay, that was a big word, but I understand all this completely. I've been suffering from chronic pain, muscle tightness, neck and back pain for several years, all stemming from negative stress response due to a physical trauma. And that physical trauma caused mental anxieties and trauma, which then caused negative fight-or-flight responses. And boom, chronic pain. But I've, been, I've spent the last four years learning techniques that I'm about to talk, to, talk about here to overcome anxiety, stress, fight-or-flight response, etc., in the end, I will tell you about some effective strategies you can use to lessen your chronic stress. Additionally, your sleep gets disturbed. Persistent stress and heightened arousal associated with the fight-or-flight response can disturb your sleep patterns. Surprise, surprise. And contribute to insomnia, difficulty falling or staying asleep, and poor sleep quality. Inadequate sleep, in turn, can exacerbate stress and further perpetuate the cycle of chronic stress and its associated health consequences. So true. No amount of sleeping pills will fix sleep problems caused by stress. Overall, chronic activation of the fight-or-flight response can have widespread negative effects on your, on your physical health, mental well-being, and overall quality of life. It underscores the importance of implementing effective stress management strategies and seeking support to mitigate the impact of chronic stress on health and longevity. So, 
That being the case, what are some strategies that you can employ to better manage your fight or flight response in today's world? These strategies work. First, practice relaxation techniques. Incorporate relaxation into your daily routine, such as deep breathing exercises, progressive muscle relaxation, meditation, or mindfulness practices. These techniques can help calm your mind and body, reduce muscle tension, and promote a sense of calmness and inner peace. I recommend meditation as well, using the SEAL 4-second breathing technique. Breathe in for four counts, hold it for four counts, breathe out for four counts, and hold it for four counts. Do this for five minutes. It has a physical relaxing effect. Focus on the counting, and it acts as a form of meditation. Five minutes of doing that can lower your blood pressure reduce heart palpitations, and just bring a calm to your mind. Stay active. Engage in regular physical activity and exercise, such as walking, jogging, yoga, or dancing. Physical activity helps reduce stress hormones like cortisol and stimulates the production of endorphins, which are natural mood boosters. They say to aim for at least 30 minutes of Did you catch that? 30 minutes. They say. 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise most days of the week. However, studies show that just walking fast for 30 minutes or more a day improves your health, reduces stress, and increases your quality of life. My daughter has been walking daily for a while now, and it truly reduces her stress with two new two young babies and has helped her to lose weight. Maintain a healthy lifestyle. Eat a balanced diet rich in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and lean proteins. Limit the consumption of caffeine, alcohol, sugary foods. Those can make stress worse. Get adequate sleep each night. Aim for seven to nine hours of quality sleep to support physical and mental well-being. All well and good to hear me preach, right? Much harder to live. If you're just starting out, don't diet. Find a lifestyle that you can live with and do that. My wife and I limit flour and and added sugar in our diet and it helps. It really does. Establish boundaries. Learn to say no to activities or commitments that overwhelm you, or cause unnecessary stress. Let me say it here, and I want you to listen. You don't have to be on all the time. Set realistic goals and prioritize tasks to avoid feeling overwhelmed by the excessive workload or obligations that you face. Establishing boundaries allows you to focus on what truly matters and allocate your time and energy effectively. Focus on self-care And other things will fall into place. You should also seek social support. Maintain social connections with friends, family, and support groups. Talking to someone you trust about your feelings and experiences can provide emotional support, perspective, and reassurance during times of stress. Because 
Sometimes our perspectives are off and actually are the cause of our stress. Don't hesitate to reach out for help when needed. I offer a program to help you work on learning and implementing these techniques into your life. I'm seeking four new clients that want to design the life they want by reducing reducing their anxieties and overcoming chronic stress challenges. See in the show notes to check in with me if you're interested. Finally, practice time management. Break tasks into smaller, manageable steps and prioritize them based on importance and urgency. Use tools such as to-do lists, calendars, time blocking techniques to organize your schedule and allocate time for both work and leisure activities. Avoid procrastination and aim for a balance between productivity and relaxation. Easier said than done, right? And also, everyone is different. The key is to find out which idea works best for you. Some of you cannot stand to-do lists because they're overwhelming. In those cases, I recommend writing down one thing at a time. Focus on that one thing, and when it's done, write down something else. Remember, from the beginning of this podcast, most of the stress that you are dealing with, the fight-or-flight responses is a comes from your own mental perception of today's world is your perception of overwhelm lack of time etc now your goal is to learn how to conquer those perceptions because then you can improve right engage in hobbies and leisure activities making time for activities that bring you joy and relaxation whether it's reading gardening painting playing music spending time outdoors improves your quality of life. Engaging in hobbies and leisure activities can help distract your mind from stressors, promote creativity, and foster a sense of fulfillment and enjoyment. And you want enjoyment in your life, don't you? I know I do. Two more techniques. Practice positive self-talk. Challenge negative thoughts and replace them with positive affirmations and self-compassionate statements. I have several episodes on this subject. Learn to treat yourself as you would your best friend. Cultivate a mindset of resilience and optimism, focusing on your strengths, accomplishments, and solutions rather than dwelling on problems and setbacks. Your internal dialogue will either help you or hinder you. It truly will. Finally, if you can't, if none of these techniques work, and you are overwhelmed by stress, seek professional help. If stress becomes overwhelming, interferes with your daily functioning, don't hesitate to seek support from a mental health professional, such as a therapist or counselor. They can provide coping strategies, relaxation techniques, and personalized interventions to help you better manage stress and improve your overall well-being. And like I said, I'm looking for four new clients that I can coach on these different uh, different techniques that I'm teaching. By incorporating these strategies into your lifestyle and daily routine, you can effectively manage stress, enhance resilience, and cultivate a greater sense of balance and well-being in your life. I hope that you learned something from all of this, that something beneficial came to you from what I said. 
I hope you can take this and counter your personal fight, flight, or freeze responses when you know that you're overreacting in many situations, or if you are suffering from chronic fight, flight, or freeze responses. The key to all of this is to not assume you need to change everything all at once. Start small and make a change here and a change there until you realize that you have physically and mentally changed. Changes are usually imperceptible at first. This is why it's important to start small and make consistent efforts to change. This has been Todd Talks, where I help you design the life you desire. Preferably one with less chronic stress and overwhelm so that you can become a healthier, happier version of you. And as always, have a nice day.